it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hello and welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion. How are you doing? Okay, I hope you're okay. Uh, just got back off a little holiday, so I'm feeling a little bit more refreshed. Actually, I'm not knackered. I don't know what happened there. Um, I, was on a, I was on a cruise, so there was lots of beer and lots of walking behind people who walked really slow. Um, make up your own reasons for that. Welcome back anyway. Thank you for joining in with this um, Poetry in Motion podcast. One, of course, of the Blood Red podcasts for the Liverpool Echo uh, Ali Rouge being the other one as well, and um, all the Blood Red Banner. Thank you so much for your support, as I always say, uh, wherever you are, walking the dogs or enjoying this lovely damp air. Um, I hope you're having fun anyway. And um, we're going to talk everything to Liverpool Football Club. I'm joined by Joe Rimmer. How are you doing, Joe? Welcome, Fitzy. How are you? I'm not too bad, my friend. Not too yeah. bad. Not too bad. And Tom Cavill is with us. Hi, Tom. Hello. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah. You look like uh, they can't see this, but it looks like you're uh, you're waiting for a lift. <laughs> I'm just in uh, in our office in Liverpool, so we've got the recording studio going on in here. So that's that's the reason for that. That's not as big as it used to be. Um, no, <laughs> not, not as anymore. Right, okay. Let's talk all things Liverpool Football Club. Um, while I was away, I managed to catch one of the games. Obviously, we had the frustration of the Tottenham game and the this nonsense of VAR and all that palaver. Uh, Brighton came. It was always going to be a tough game, Joe Rimmer. Brighton, uh, a good side, very good side. Always, they seem to find this. Maybe we should just sign their scouting team because they, they don't. They, have, they seem to have this dearth of talent that just seems to come through. This endless well of of young players replacing the ones they sell on for huge profits. Um, they played very good. Uh, Liverpool, uh, but, but really speaking, um, gifted two goals away, didn't he, Joe? And, and, and there's certain parts there that we're still, we're still not getting right, isn't it? Yeah, it was it was frustrating, one wasn't it? I think when when you get yourself in a winning position, miss the chance, the grab and bitch missed um, midway. Well, sorry, at the start of that second half, and then can see the a pretty, it, it, you know, it wasn't a great free kick, was it? It was it was a pretty simple goal to concede. It, it is frustrating, and um, and I think as well the the extra level of frustration was that they played ever so well at Tottenham, obviously been beaten by VAR and crazy circumstances, and I was sort of hoping they'd come out of Tottenham and channel that that injustice and anger into the next game, and it just didn't really feel like they did that. And then you know I think if they'd won at Brighton, it, it would have made it wouldn't have made up for Tottenham, but it would have felt. It would have felt slightly better, you know, having looked at those games and thought they were both quite tough. 
it felt like they didn't really make as much out of them as they could have done. So, I mean, it, it was frustrating, but but I think there's lots of positives. Um, and I think there was clear progress from last season. And I think I'm trying to look beyond Brighton and just look at the first eight games as a whole. And and, and I, I'm really positive about Liverpool. I, I definitely think they're the second best team in the Premier League, whether they can they can keep that up with injuries and, and other things going against them, we'll see. But, you know, the, the forward line's great. The, you know, Sabozlai looks great. There's some some little bits and bobs in midfield that I think pro, are very promising. So I, it's one of them. You know, I, I try to sort of step back from Brighton, but yeah, it was frustrating not to take all three points and um, especially another international break going into that. But Liverpool have got a little run of games now and I think I think they should be looking for maximum points, certainly out the next four. And if they can do that, then I think we'll go into another international break in, in November. Um, in a very, very good position, position indeed and going into a busy period at Christmas. So I think there's lots to be positive about. And I think days like that, Brian, you shouldn't get too overly concerned with, with dropping points because that can happen to any team. And it's a, a difficult away game that Liverpool have navigated with the points. So, yeah, frustrating circumstances to drop the, the two points. But in isolation, it's not a bad point, is it, really? No, absolutely. And Tom, you know, uh, as Joe just said, sitting quietly in four, three, point, three places off the top, three points off the top. If it was a horse race, we'd be right in the middle of the pack and that's where you want them, isn't it? You want to just see that they're nudging their heads and they're just, they're keeping up there anyway. Um, the frustrations of Brighton. I think one of the main things for me that's, that stood out from it, um, when you look at the next four games, Liverpool have got, of course, the Derby on Saturday. Uh, they've got Toulouse, they've got Notts Forest, Bournemouth and Luton, um, and then Brentford. Um, Brentford themselves having a bit of a struggle at the moment, aren't they, uh, to find some sort of form in Ivan Tony in the ranks. Um, as Joe says, you've got to be looking for points from there, haven't you? But I feel like, um, for me personally, the, mid, the midfield situation, um, we, we have in, in uh, Alexis McAllister, we have a player who is really, really struggling to... Um, to play in a different position. It's midfield. It's a completely different role, though. He's holding in front of the back four, back to goal a lot of the time, receiving the ball, moving it on. He's not moving forward as much as he likes. It's a completely different discipline to have, Tom, isn't it? And, and he, he does seem to be struggling with it game after game. Yeah, I think the, the problem Liverpool have obviously got is the, you know, who else you play there instead of him. I think if McAllister kind of had his own way, I don't think he would... He want to play there either so i think he's more just going along with it because you know that keeps him in the team for the time being you know you've got endo who's been sat on the bench is the obvious obvious play you would put there but for some reason Klopp's not gone for that maybe he's still you know quite not sure about whether that's the right fit for liverpool at the moment which i don't know we've seen it with with other players before where Klopp, you know takes a bit of time to look at them before fully putting them in the team but it does seem a bit strange that that would be the case with Endo, considering how much he kind of talked him up when Liverpool signed him in terms of this was a player he'd been watching for a number of years and, you know, someone he really admired playing in the Bundesliga. So when he was, you know, the way he was talking about him, you, you were thinking, oh, he must be some player then. Klopp's, you know, personally recommended signing him to Liverpool and, you know, it very much sounded like signing that came about because of him, because of Klopp lot not necessarily the scouting team or someone above him so the fact that we've not really seen him and, and that he's not really being trusted to play in that number six is a bit strange but yeah McAllister I think going forward it's not 
you know, it's not where we want to see him playing. It's not where he's at his best. We've seen him when he plays for Argentina, that kind of more advanced position, like moving into the box with the ball. We need to see that Liverpool. But, you know, when that will happen, we don't know. Klopp's obviously tried other players in this role as well. We saw Curtis Jones in pre-season used in the six and that didn't quite work either. So I think it's a it's a position that Liverpool haven't quite fixed still. You know, Liverpool obviously sold Fabinho in the summer. You know, probably uh, the right decision in the end for, for all parties. But, you know, it's a, it's a position that Liverpool probably still need to address. And, and whether that happens in January, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, there's a lot of talk of Andre at Fluminense. But, um, yeah, it's something that probably does need looking at. Yeah, Andre uh, is the one that, that, that's been ticking for a while now. I mean, Calvin Phillips keeps getting thrown into the mix. He played for England the other night. It's definitely a position that we haven't we haven't sorted out. Do you think Klopp's probably surprised that the, uh, McAllister's um, not really getting the situation at the moment, Joe? It's such a different position and such a different mindset, isn't it, for a, a player who likes to you know gallop forward with the ball and and, and unpicked defences with nice passes and be outside the on the edge of the box there, just wanting to sort of lay off for people or even going himself. And now he's sort of sitting his back to goal. A lot of the time, looking for um, passes out of defence and trying to move forward, and he's just being caught out game after game. And I don't think there's really a standout game from McAllister at the moment. Um, uh, and the first goal against Brighton kind of summed that up to me. It wasn't the best ball in the world from Van Dijk, but a Fabinho or a Genie or someone with a little bit of nous knowing that there's going to be players pressing would have maybe took a second on that ball. Back to goals, you know, leaned leaned into the player, made it difficult, knocked the ball back. He just got snatched completely. He looked around, saw the player, didn't think he was going to get there, and the player took it off his toe. And it was really, really bad defensive midfield work. And and, and you get to the point where I'm getting to the point now where I just think, you know, get Endo on and let let's try and get McAllister to learn this very different and very new role in in in, in training and and. and instead of trying to take these chances on the pitch, because, um, you know, I feel to me like he's got a mistake in him every game now, Joe. Poetry in Motion on the Blood Red Channel. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I think it's it's holding back Liverpool back in a couple of ways because, like you say, I think there's I think there's a mistake in him. I don't, don't think he obviously is natural in that position, and and also like, what could he give Liverpool going further forward? You know, it, that midfield could look a lot better, couldn't it, if he was playing, you know, in in, in a position that he wants to play. I, I wonder about Endo. I, I think kind of think in the next month we'll find out whether he was bought as a stopgap, and and they, you know, like like we've seen with other players. Perhaps not to the same same extent, but Arthur Mello last year sort of comes to mind. Who came in? They obviously took one look at him in training and thought, you know what, he's not he's not right for us. He's not quick enough for the pace, whatever it might be. Um, whereas, and though not sure, I completely get that vibe. I think at the moment it, it might be a more of a Fabinho situation where they just don't feel like 
he's, he's quite ready to be thrown in there. But in the next four or five games, you know, Liverpool are playing the likes of Luton, Sheffield United. Um, they've got some good home games. If we don't start seeing him play a bit more, I'd start to worry whether they just don't think he, he's right for it. Um, so, you know, I can kind of understand if you go to Tottenham away, Brighton away, you're not quite sure whether you want to throw Endo in and, and um, you know, perhaps it doesn't help him or Liverpool if, if, if he if he doesn't have the best of games. But I think now they've got an opportunity too. And and funny enough, I, I've thought Endo, I know, look, I don't, I don't think he's, he's a patch on Fabinho, but in the in the couple of games he has played, they've been quite impressed by the, the type of passes that he wants to play. He seems to want to play sharp passes forward, you know, one, two touches. And, and he certainly, positioning-wise, I think looks like he's got a little bit more about him than, than McAllister in that role. So I'm hopeful that he, he comes into the team in the next few games. But like you say, just I think as well, the longer it goes on for McAllister, the more it might not help him in the long term because confidence-wise, it, it can't be good for him, can it, when he probably is second-guessing himself, like you say. That that Van Dyke ball, I, I thought it was a pretty bad pass to, to play into him. But it won't help McAllister's confidence that it was him that loses the ball in that position for, for Brighton to score. So... Um, yeah, I think it's a it's a problem that it's the main problem, isn't it, for Liverpool to solve in the next month to six weeks? And if they don't, then it, it might go some way to to um to sort of I wouldn't say derailing their season is, is is strong words, but but certainly maybe not a title challenge. It might be a top four challenge if they can't solve that problem. Um but yeah, I think as Tom mentioned, Andre, um, you know, it looks like they are interested in him and it will be a, I'd be surprised if they don't try and make something happen in January if this endo situation and McAllister situation continues because I can't see them trying to get through, through the full season playing with McAllister in this position because it's not really good for anyone, is it? No, and, you, and you'd like to think, obviously, that Klopp has, has been on this horse before, hasn't he? And he knows where it ends. Um, if you don't tighten up a nose right here, he's desperately trying to do it. International break, obviously... Has come and gone. Um, injuries to um, Andy Robertson, more importantly. Um, but in, injuries aside, our players uh, in other in other international teams uh, did very very well. Really, didn't he? Nunes, shining again. Zlobis Lad did very well. Though his manager admitted afterwards he reckons he played him too high up the pitch, uh, too far back. Sorry for him to be influential. He's a player, Tom, isn't he? That, uh, that is really catching the eye at Liverpool, but needs. In that midfield structure, we need a hold midfielder. We need a defensive midfielder. But we, but but in um, in Zlobislaw, we have a we have a great attacking midfielder, don't we? Yeah, and I think um, must admit I've been a bit surprised how well he's done so quickly at Liverpool. I, I didn't think he would, um, you know, hit the ground running as he has done so quickly. I think it's been very impressive the way he's. He's come in, you know, when you watch him, he looks like he's been there for a number of years, the way he's been playing, takes um, takes example in the team. You know, he's, he's a real leader. He's captain for his country. And you can see that when he plays for Liverpool, you know, he's got that sort of leadership quality on the pitch. So, yeah, I think he's been, you know, a really good signing for Liverpool. You know, there was a lot of money they paid for him, but I think he's already, you know, looking like he was worth the money from what we've been seeing from him at this moment in time. Obviously, Jude Bellingham was the main guy they were going for. And you see what he's doing and you, and you kind of think, well, yeah, they did miss out on him, but Soboslai was probably the next best thing to Bellingham they could have got from what we've seen. So, yeah, I think it's been very positive from Soboslai. 
um, in terms of who Liverpool brought in in the summer. You know, McAllister, I think he's done well. He's had his problems like you've just been touching on there. I still think he's been, you know, we've seen good moments from him. And if he was played in the right position, he probably would have done, well, could have done as well as Soboslai. But obviously he's been the main one that's, you know, been catching everyone's eye for Liverpool. And, you know, I'm sure Klopp and everyone else who worked on that deal will be, you know, be pleased they managed to get it over the line because, you know, with his age as well, he's going to be someone that Liverpool can be calling on for the next, you know, five, six, seven years if he stays at the club, obviously. Um, but yeah, hopefully he can, uh, you know, have another good game at the weekend for Liverpool. Yeah, it's not just his skill as well, Joe, is it? It's his work rate, isn't it? He gets about the place, doesn't he? He looks like a number eight. He covers three or four positions. He's He's got that, um, he's got that Nunes, if you like, feel to him when he's, he's, he's galloping forward and trying to get involved and stuff. And he's been looking for a player like that to fill that role since probably Gerard left, I would imagine. Um, uh, unfortunately, you have mentioned the magic words, uh, Jude Bellingham, uh, Tom, so I will be depressed for the rest of the day. But, um, but you know, in Slobber's Law, we have someone, don't we, Joe, that can, um, that can really threaten, get outside that box, get in there himself, scores, score, scores a couple of good goals, um, and, and one that we can really build around. You know, the most impressive thing, I think, about Sabos, like that, I think Liverpool in the summer needed a bit of a mindset shift. I felt like they'd gone a bit stale. I felt like Klopp felt they'd gone a bit stale. Even Klopp and his demeanour was, um, yeah, it just seemed slightly edgy and down. And um, Sabozlai, more than anyone, has come in this summer and just looks like he's got like this, you know, I don't know whether arrogance is the right word, but he's got like a good arrogance about him. Like he believes in himself. He, he thinks, I think he was asked, wasn't he, at the start of the season, you know, who, whether Liverpool can win the Premier League, and he was like bang up for it, and he, and I think it's that sort of attitude that Liverpool needed. Um, I think they had come become a bit tired, and I think they did need change, and I, and I think he represents it. And he's, I mean, on the pitch, he's great. He does a bit of everything that like you say. He's got drive. He seems to. He's got a lot of strength. He strikes a ball really well. He covers ground really well. His work rate is is nuts, isn't it? You know, it, it's it's so impressive, um, and it you know. It, it's one of them, you know, as a, as a player, I was like Jordan Henderson and I thought he had a great engine on him. But Sabozlai seems to have that engine, but has other attributes on top of that. You know, he strikes the ball better. He he looks more of a threat in the box. Um, and and he, he seems to have this, the same sort of winning mentality, which is really important. So, yeah, I, I think he's been a revelation. As soon as you both mentioned Bellingham, I'll also be depressed for the rest of the day. But but yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll never look at Bellingham as like, he's just to me will always be a missed opportunity. I, I'm I'm certainly either move to Liverpool if they if they've got their house in order earlier in his career, whether it been before Dortmund, just after Dortmund, uh, just after a year or so of Dortmund. You know, I'm convinced. I'm convinced he he felt Liverpool was right for him. Um, and you look at him now and he's an absolute phenomenon and um, it will always kind of pull up my heartstrings that they, they didn't manage to get that um, across the line at any point. But yeah, I mean, Sabozlai, I'm, I'm really pleased that they did get Sabozlai because he looks a hell of a player. And again, you know, you talk about the best signings of the summer and, you know, George Schmacker has got a little bit of stick in his Ibethan Villa, hasn't he? But but he, he got that across the line. I mean, 60 mil, they, they did it over a couple of days. You know, Newcastle couldn't get that deal done. Liverpool did get it done really quickly, and and look look at them now. I mean, you you could we could be looking back at that as the best signing of the summer. Um, I know there's been some shells for Rice and other things, but 
um, for value for money and over over a full season. I wonder whether we'll be saying something like, because I wouldn't be surprised if, if we are. Is, is that good? Poetry in Motion on the Blood Red Channel. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, and we're going to probably in the the not-too-distant future realize how important it is to have players like that uh, in our team because Newcastle, if they can keep Tenali at the book, he's long enough. Um, but uh, it looks like they could be without him for, for quite a bit of the season and he's been such an influential player for them. Um, obviously, events worldwide have been horrendous and um, Mo Salah's uh, commented on that. He's got 18.4 million uh, followers on X and, um, you know, stuff like that must get to players as well. Um, and no, no better way to try and cheer yourself up a little bit or sort of is to get back to 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 what you normally do and of course we have uh, only a small matter of the derby uh, to contend with on Saturday 12 a 12:30 kickoff and um tasty affairs of late haven't they just because a little a little bit of needle and I think that Dice has with uh, with Klopp he seems to have formed a little double act of um, taking the mickey out of each other don't you and Tom this 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 Looks like it could be an interesting fixture. Liverpool, as I say, have, have had a, a loss and a draw last two out, but I've had a great run going. Everton just starting to find a bit of momentum now, aren't they? They're starting to believe in themselves a little bit more. Should we, should we be expecting a tasty encounter at Anfield, Tom? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's a bit of a difficult one to call, actually, this one, because I think normally at home against Everton, you know, most Liverpool fans would be saying, yeah, it's three points, could be three or four nil. But I don't know, it's got a bit of a slightly different feeling about this time, only because of, you know, the way we've seen Liverpool starting games this season, especially the early kickoffs where it's been that slow start, taking a while to get used to the rhythm of the game. We saw it in the the game against Wolves, that was directly after an international break and 12.30 game. Liverpool just were not at it for, for the whole of the first half and then only started playing the second half. My, my worry with Everton is then because, you know, they've had a lot of players that haven't been, you know, jetting off to South America or, or people that just haven't played at all for any national football. So, you know, they'll be well rested compared to Liverpool. So, you know, they imagine they're going to have a bit more energy coming into the game. You imagine Dyche is probably going to tell them, you know, go at them early doors, try and get a, an early goal and then we can defend that, defend that for the rest of the game. So, you know, if Everton were to get the first goal, I think that's where it could become a bit of a problem for Liverpool because you just know that they're not going to give anything to Liverpool. They're not going to want to let them have any opportunities. It will just be sitting back, defending for the rest of the game. And that's exactly what Dyche would want to get an early goal and have that kind of situation. You know, we, we saw a derby similar to that a few years ago when, you know, it was Sam Allardyce coming to Anfield and Liverpool, I think, had something stupid like 20 shots or absolutely dominated the game and Everton came away with a uh, point after that um, foul that was given on Dominic Calvert-Lewin, which was uh, quite controversial at the time. So I, I just got a bad feeling it could be a similar sort of game to that one 
where Liverpool come out of it thinking, how did we not win? But I imagine as well, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a red card. That's uh, We've seen a lot of them this season already in a lot of games. And uh, given the nature of this fixture over the years, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to see another red card this weekend. Yeah, it's an interesting one. We've got a couple of injuries, obviously, to take into that game. Andy Robertson won't be playing. He's, he looks like he's dislocated his shoulder, done some damage to his shoulder, Joe. So, Tomiscus will sit in there nicely, I think. Um, apart from that, it's Gakpo, really. I mean, Thiago, I forgot what he looks like. Um, it's been that long since he's been uh, anywhere near Liverpool squad. Bichetic, um, Kelleher. So, we've got more than enough to sort of, you know, to, to, to fill in the gaps, haven't we? I think... Um, Gravenberch is a player that um, that has been impressive, Joe, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's made the right start to his career at Liverpool. He front foot player, bit of pace to him, lovely skills on him. Uh, should have had, let's be honest with you, should have had a goal there. Come on, it looked yeah. like he had, a, he had a bopped up and he shinned onto the bar. Or he, he just took his eye off it. Um, but uh, but he looks like he gets in the right places, mate, doesn't he? And he looks like he's going to be, um, we've got, as I say, Cody Gakpo out at the moment, and uh, um, Gravenbesch, it, it seemed like he's ready to fulfil uh, a role from the start now. Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I quite like Gakpo, and I th- uh, not Gakpo, sorry, Gravenbesch. I think he's got, um, he's got sort of, I don't quite know what he will become with Liverpool. You know, I, I had this idea in mind when he joined that they were maybe trying going to mould him into like the next Wijnaldum, um, but he, he's more attacking than I, I perhaps thought he was. Um, he seems to get into the box, doesn't he? That one at Brighton. I thought it was one of those classic cases of hit it almost too well, you know, that sort of thing. Um when he when he connected a bit. But yeah, I mean it'd be interesting to see how, how he evolves. I, I still don't think I would be looking to start him because I just don't know where I'd fit him into that midfield at, at this stage. Uh, certainly in like a game against Everton. But it, but it, but in general, I think he shows a lot of promise. I think again it's a it's a gamble that Liverpool took in the transfer market, which I think could really pay off. And, um, <clears throat> you know, you think of his age and stuff like that. I mean, the, the ceiling is so high, isn't it? That, again, Liverpool de- deserve credit for that. In terms of the derby, I, I mean, it's I, I kind of agree with Tom. I'm not saying that, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I still think Liverpool can win the game. I just think it will be a bit of a slog. I think Dyche is quite good at shutting down. And, you know, although Everton have been slightly better than perhaps their results of, I've shown this season, you know, I watched them against Aston Villa away from home and they really struggled. Um, and I, I wonder whether, you know, in, in normal circumstances, if this wasn't a derby, Liverpool would, would do that a similar sort of job on them. But with it being a derby, I just think he'll shut it down, dice, they'll play for time, they'll they'll be dogged. And, and Klopp always sort of, against his Burnley teams, they always managed to, to turn it into a slog. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if Everton do the same, especially with a 12th uh, kickoff, which isn't isn't the best, is it? Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Um, but then after that, they've got a good run of games. So if Liverpool can win the derby, I'm really positive. Um, I'm really positive. I think they've got a great run of games that they can get into. So, yeah, um, it should be interesting. But I don't think I'd start grabbing Birch. I, I think I, I'd probably I'd probably take a gamble on Endo for this one and start McAllister and, and Sabozlai in midfield alongside. And that's, that's the way I'd go. Um, and look for Gravenberch off the bench, um, but but yeah, I think he's 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 got real real promise. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I think Tom, I mean, Evan, as Joe just said, haven't I've been playing better than the results suggested. I've watched them a couple of times and, you know, they went hopeless. I think, I think it was just their final third, wasn't it? They're, they're lacking goal scorers, aren't they? Calvert Lewin back in the mix. Um, and they, they have got people there. They've got um, they've got a, a decent midfield as well. So it, it could be it could be a sprightly one, really, couldn't it? And I think he's right. I think Endo, as I said earlier on in the show, I, I, I personally would make the decision. I don't know whether he wants to make the decision in a derby or whether he feels that McAllister's got a bit to give. But I just feel like he's a little bit lost in that position at the moment. And it would be better to have someone in who just does simple things. Endo does simple things. He's not going to spray a 40-yard pass to your toe, but... He's going to get the ball up there somehow, and I think that that stability is what is needed. I think uh, against Everton, Tom. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, like you're saying with Everton as well, that's probably their strongest area on the pitch, the midfield as well. So, yeah, I don't think it's the game to be taking any more risks with McAllister in that position. Um, you know, Everton have got some really powerful players in midfield: Ukure, Onana people like that in the midfield who are good at breaking up the game, um, you know, are good at making interceptions in key positions. So if you've got McAllister in there, who's, you know, struggling to find his feet again in that role, they're just going to be sweeping up the ball, every opportunity, Everton. Um, so, yeah, I think Endo is is the obvious choice for this game. I don't think, you know, I don't think there's really an argument for McAllister in this, in this game to be playing him, but, Obviously, Klopp's the one who makes the final decision on it, so he may well go with McAllister again and think it's the best thing. And then if it backfires, obviously Klopp will, you know, I'm sure we'll get all the questions about that after the game in terms of why was McAllister playing. But I don't think he would risk it for this sort of fixture. So I would be surprised if he played McAllister, but you never know with uh, football managers. Sometimes it can be quite stubborn. So. If he think Klopp may think it's the right thing and, and may go, well, I'm just going to keep trying this until it works. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what he picks. But I think Endo is the, is the one he's likely to go with. Uh, front three, Joe. I mean, you've got uh, Nunes who seems to be picking up, doesn't he? It's yeah, yeah. did very well, assisted and scored uh, against Brazil. Um, Slobberslar also did the same thing in his, in his international match. But that's... Um, the front five, really. I mean, Gakpo out the picture a little bit at the moment because he's injured, but you're certainly in, in, in Jotty, you've got someone who can always do something. And you always fancy him in, in slog games, don't you? You always fancy yeah, yeah. him do something in, in those tough matches and where you've got to dig deep. But um, do you think you'd start with Diaz, Nunes and Salah? Um, I mean, Harvey Elliott I did very well for the under-21s didn't he, in the England. Um, so uh, he, he's been featuring as well. I've been doing very, very well. But you think that front three's got to be yeah. Nunes still deserving that place, don't you? He's still working hard enough. And against Everton, he could be one one to watch for the red card. But at the same time, he will really stir things up, won't he? I, I think it's got to be Diaz, Nunes, Salah. I just think at the moment, I mean, Salah is just Salah, isn't he? Diaz, Diaz is just a better balance and I think started the season really well. But Nunes, to me at the moment, is the, the man for Liverpool. And, and obviously... His confidence after that international break. I mean, it's not just that he, he scored an assist; it was that the, he scored an assist against Brazil. Um, it was a massive result for Uruguay. You could see how how much it meant to them. Um, 
And it was a great header, wasn't it? The first goal was really, really well taken. And then the second goal was sort of Suarez-esque in the way that he he sort of managed to dribble through, I don't know, it seems about 20 bodies, didn't it? And, and so, sort of flick the ball through them to score. So there were two two really good goals. Um, and I just think against against Everton in, in a slog, he's the man that I just think can cause can cause a bit of chaos. He's the sort of player that can can do something out of nothing and 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 and, and sort of I don't know. Well, I, I think I think a derby's just right for him as well. Um, you know, hopefully he doesn't get a red card. I, I don't don't think that those sorts of things will be in his head anymore. But but yeah, I, I think it's great for him. I, I like Gakpo. I think he's a good he's a good cent, central player um, away from home, especially. But but for this one, it's got to be Nunes. Um, Elliot's a funny one. You mentioned him, but I, I just I like Elliot. I think he's got a lot of skill and a lot of ability, but I just don't know where he fits in long term. You know, I don't think he's a I don't think he's a wide player because I don't think he's got the pace or the, the physical attributes and then in midfield. I don't really like him off the right anymore. I feel like teams have worked him out a little bit. Um so I'll be interested to see how he, he sort of develops throughout the season. But yeah, I just don't know where he gets in the Liverpool team at the moment. And um what was it the, the game he played the other day and he he played the first half of and he was subbed at half time? That was that definitely. That was uh, Brighton. Was it, was it oh, okay? Well, it was the last yeah. game. So, sorry, it's this international break has dragged, but I thought that, yeah, grabbing veg came on to me. I thought that showed a lot. Um, you know, he was given a big opportunity in that game, and don't think he necessarily took it. Um, so yeah, I'm not too sure where, where Elliot fits in, um, in terms of the way Liverpool play at the moment. Um, but but Nunes is the absolute man, and I can't wait to see him in the derby. I think it's going to be a, a really good one for him. And he does seem the type of player that, that needs those those streaks of, of confidence. So um, I think they should do him good. And, and hopefully, you know, he did well in the last international break. Hopefully he hits the ground again running from this one as well, because he, he looks like he's in great form and he's got the great mindset at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. But he is the one, Tom, isn't he? If you're Daish... And you're sitting in a dressing room beforehand, and you're thinking like the playing Nunes. You, you, you're, you're saying to Tarkovsky and and and, and, um, and those centre backs aren't you? You're saying just niggle him, just have a little go at him, just say something to him, just have pull his shirt, give it because he does have that temper, doesn't he? he? Has that fiery quality, which makes him such a great player. He's got to really be careful, hasn't he? You've got to know and also understand the clock. Probably in the other dressing room is saying to him. You're gonna get a bit of it. You're gonna get afters. You're gonna get nickels. You're gonna get little weird sets here. You've got to. Uh, might not be too handy the fact he doesn't speak any English, since he will be able to understand it. I don't know how his English is going, but um, he's got to be played well, hasn't he? Is my point, Tom? He's got to be played well, not played well as much as played well. He has to understand what's going to come up at him at Everton because the passion of the Anfield crowd, and no doubt the passion of the Evertonians in their end as well. It's going to make it fired up. He knows what this is like. He's just come back off um, a Uruguay-Brazil game. He knows what, what's at stake with this derby and where Liverpool's places, and he's really going to go for it. And he, So he, he really has to be mindful of the tactics that are going to be played against him. Yeah, and uh, obviously he found that out on his home debut last season when he got that red card <laughs> for that headbutt. So, yeah, I think uh, that game against Crystal Palace, I think he obviously was just... Uh, you know, a bit naive and doing that and, you know, new to the league and was just easily wound up by Anderson that night who was just sort of pulling away at him and, you know, pulling his shirt every chance he got. So I'm sure Klopp was, uh, you know, would have spoken to him about that after that incident and make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen again. And obviously the derby would be 
you know, the best time for Everton to do that sort of thing. And we probably will see it, like you said. I'm sure that'll be part of the, the tactics for the game. But I'm not I'm not actually sure if um I know Joe was saying obviously you'd start him in stuff, but would you not um Jota surely would be playing this from the start in this game. I, I think Klopp's probably gonna I wouldn't be surprised if he started him. And so it means later on in the game. Yeah. What do you mean? Because it's twelve thirty and they they'll have been coming back, won't they? From but I, I just not a Jota. It's weird with Jota. I just don't really, I don't really like him from the start at all. I think he's a great. He's a good player. impact sub, isn't he? But I just think because he's had that rest and he's yeah. been suspended, I just think this makes sense to that we'll see him from the start in this game. Possibly. I just don't. Do you really want to drop Nunes at the moment? The way he's uh, no, I wouldn't drop. I wouldn't want him to be dropped. But I just think with him coming back from this. From South America, he mentioned he had a bit of tightness after the game. I don't know. He could obviously come on and make a big impact from the bench. I think you'd like to see him start ideally, but I just think Jota might be the guy for this one. I suppose it depends on the condition he comes back in, doesn't it? Either way, we've got if we start one one impact player, it's good. Yeah. They can both be brilliant impact players, can't they? Yeah. Uh, it, it looks uh, top like it's uh, it's it's likely to be the um, the usual. Uh, uh, Trent uh, doing the inverted midfield again. There it seems to be something that um, the club is desperately trying to get working again. But again, we've di- we've discussed it. It all depends on who's back with him, doesn't it? It depends on who's going to cover that slot that he leaves open. And knowing that every team's going to know what's going to be ha- going to be happening, he's got to pick and choose his times when he can go forward, doesn't he? Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, especially in this sort of game as well, because Everton are probably going to, you know, when they get their chances, it's going to be hitting Liverpool on the break. That's when Everton have scored against Liverpool in these sort of games in recent times. It's been that sort of goal, a counter-attack or, you know, Liverpool giving away the ball and then Everton will quickly break away with it. So it's going to be important Like Trent is in the right areas and not, you know, moving too forward with the attack too much in the game. You know, we've seen that at certain times where Trent, you know, sometimes he will come forward with the ball and, and pushes up quite far up the pitch to the point where he's, you know, on the edge of the area. So, yeah, in this sort of game, we need to be careful of that because it only takes, you know, a minute for Everton to flood the bodies forward, get a goal, and then that, that could be it. They go 1-0 up and just shut the game down. So, so yeah, Liverpool need to be careful of that. And um, I'm, I'm sure Trent's now, he's got to the point where he's probably a bit more used to what is expected of him in this position and um, it's just going to be more interesting I'm, I'm sort of less concerned about Trent and more concerned about the other side really in terms of Simicast and how that's going to work really because we've, we've only really seen him uh, you know a few occasions Simicast it's never really been for a run of games either it's only kind of been the odd appearance here and there so to come into this sort of game it's going to be interesting to see how he does Yes, it is. It is. It is, it is indeed. Well, look. Let, let's look at the the games. Then we've got Everton. I mean, we've got we've got a Europa League and, and an EFL Cup to, to to put in the mix there. But so Toulouse and Bournemouth aside, 
to lose twice, to be honest with you. Um, our next four big games uh, are Everton, well, Everton at the weekend. Then we've got Notts Forest, uh, Luton Town and Brentford. And then, of course, uh, the ultimate test, isn't it? Because we have City away. Um, now, if we can, let's get on our best and our, our, our glass completely full um, and say that we take points from the derby from Forest. We went at home as well. We're home to Forest. In fact, we're only away to Luton. So the next four games, Joe, Brentford, uh, Forest, Everton, all at home and Luton away. I mean, it's not being too optimistic, is it, to say that you, you, 12 points out of this is, 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 is should be within Liverpool's grasp, shouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Liverpool should, should be looking for maximum points out of these next games. I have no doubt about it. You know, when, we, when you look at the start of the season, teams have had, you know, someone pointed out the other day that Tottenham obviously done really, really well, but they've played all three promoted sides in Luton, Sheffield United. Um, and the other one escapes me, so quickly save me. Someone tell me who the other promoted sides Burnley. Burnley. Yeah. Burnley, of course, yeah. So, so they played those three, and they're probably three of, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful manner, but three of the worst promoted teams I've seen in a little while. I mean, Luton certainly don't look great. Um, Sheffield United have already lost the game 8 0 and haven't looked great. And Burnley just don't look like they, they play the right sort of football for that type, type of team. So, I mean, they've played all three of them. So Liverpool should be looking, you know, looting away, certainly three points. Nottingham Forest at home. Any, well, anyone at home you, you want to win, don't you? But Nottingham Forest, Brentford. So I think if they can get out the derby with three points, and, and people might dismiss Everton, but it's always going to be tougher with a derby, and especially at 12 30. So they can they can bounce back into into action with three points on Saturday. I just think they've got to look for maximum points. And I think they've got to look, you know, they, they, they'll hopefully beat Toulouse home and away. Um, they'll want to beat Bournemouth and progress in the League Cup. You know, if they can and, and then the City games after the next international break, isn't it? So they, they've got a run of games here now that they should be looking to to win every one of them and, and go into the next international break as the team everyone's talking about. And all right, you've got a tough game at City there, but but if you go on it in the back, go into that game on the back of, of, of really good results, then anything can happen, can't it? And, and, and Liverpool can be really right up there with their confidence. So, you know, there's there's absolutely no way that they should be thinking that they should even draw one of these games. I think maximum points has, has got to be has got to be what they're, they're they're aiming for, and and you just have to see what happens. You know, we we did a pod the other day and. I sort of argued another another one of our team because they were saying, "Oh, Liverpool should aim for the top four. And I just think, I just think you, you just aim for the top of the table, don't you? You aim for you you aim to win the title. City have slipped up a couple of times. Tottenham, I'm not convinced can carry this on. Arsenal will always, to me, remain a team until they finally win a league title. You know, like Liverpool did, there'd be a team that can slip away. And and I, I certainly think that Liverpool, if they can gather a bit of momentum. Can make an unlikely run at this, and and these are the sorts of games where you need to have the momentum, don't you? I think you're absolutely right. I think Liverpool have the squad, albeit one player, albeit that one position. I think once we get that midfield, that Fabinho type player who can just hold stuff up, break down attacks, get the ball moving forward quickly, um, and then we rehouse McAllister in 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 a, in a position that he wants to play in and loves to play in with Slobislaw. Uh, we we we'll have a formidable team. I just hope it doesn't go so far and we don't get so close that we lose the league by a point. Because if we do, um, then you know 
the VAR situation will be all the more important, won't it? Uh, more important than Rodri's obvious handball in, uh, against Everton that lost us the point, um, lost us the league by a point. But it is a big one. Let's get some scores then. Let's get a prediction. Let's get a derby prediction anyway. Tom, you first, my friend. As I say, we've got Brentford and Newcastle uh, and Notts Forest, both teams beat us last year. So we've got to make sure that we don't take anything for granted. If we can get 12 points from the next four games, then we are right up there. Uh, as I say, we're only three points off the top now in, in a nice little close group. But I feel like some of that group will fall away. Um, Tom, Everton, are you going um, to trust in the... Um, in a nil, or do you, or are we not quite at that stage yet? I know we went in the last part. Are we quite at that stage yet where we can say we're going to score with, with, with none in our net? I, I, I can see Everton scoring, to be honest. Um, just what I was saying before about the early start and the early kickoff time, it just, for whatever reason, it just seems to throw Liverpool off. So, you know, you'd want to see a quick start and a Liverpool racing into an early lead, but I just, I just think that trend's going to carry on. Again, so I actually wouldn't be surprised if Everton, you know, went one 0 up, and then you, you, we see that response with Liverpool again. I think that Liverpool win two one, but I, I think Everton will score, and I think they might even get the first goal in the game. So I'll say two one. Okay, Tom, Joe. Yeah, I think it'd be quite similar to last year. I think, I think two one as well. I think it's a good shot for Tom. I think, but I think Liverpool might be waiting until quite late in the game to score. Um, I just think they'll make it a bit of a slog. But yeah, I think Liverpool can, can win this. I'm going 4-1 Liverpool. <laughs> um, and, but I do think Everton have got a good chance of either getting the first goal or maybe an early equaliser because we're just not at that stage as well as Alisson is. Has been pulling us out of the mire. Um, but I just feel like uh, these slow starts things are getting really annoying now. And I don't, uh, I, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. I feel like there is, a, there does seem to be a sort of wake-up smell of coffee type of thing to Liverpool in the first half of matches these days but um, I just think that firepower is going to be too much for that defence and, and um, I'm being very optimistic and I feel in an optimistic mood maybe it was the cruise I don't know um, I had plenty of time to think Smithers <laughs> so I'm going to go 4-1 we're going 2 2 ones and a 4-1 either way uh, it is a tasty match they always are putting nil-nil written all over now but um but we, it is the it is the first of four matches before, as I said. Oh, we've got two Europa Leagues, but we have that big, big litmus test, isn't it, when you play City, particularly at their place as well, coming up. Um, but by then, fingers crossed, we'll have had four in the bag uh, and we'll be there or thereabouts. Um, thank you very much, Joe, as always, mate. Thanks for your help um, and, and your opinions on the Reds. And Tom, thank you very much, mate. I think that lift's coming now behind you. It's such a great gag, <laughs> See it's such a shame. Looks like a really thin lift. Uh, listen, enjoy yourself in that station recovered, mate. Not for too long, and um, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks very much, mate. Uh, thank you to both uh, of our contributors today. Once again, um, keep on supporting the Reds, uh, as I know you do. Keep listening to the podcast, as I know you do. Onwards and upwards. Lovely little fourth place in the pack, three off the top. It's nothing in his tight. Well within Liverpool, and it's a much stronger squad this time round. Join us uh, on the very next Poetry in Motion. You've been listening to Poetry in Motion from the Liverpool Echoes Blood Red channel.